Let's go to Exodus chapter 13. Thank you, Steve. Exodus chapter 13. We are going into the period, and most of us know this story, when the people of Israel leave, are going out of Egypt into the promised land. We're actually going to pick up this, the, 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 the event when they're leaving that night, when they're leaving after God of um, brought judgment upon the Egyptian, upon the house of Pharaoh, with the death of all the firstborn. Please read with me, if you would, chapter 13, verse 17 and 18. Chapter 13 of Exodus, verses 17 and 18. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. I want us to look, and you may say, uh, this is a very familiar story, familiar story that we all are aware of, but there are a couple of things that tonight I would like to point out to us um, in the event itself as it's going along, as it's fulfilling. The number one thing I want us to look there is that it seems to me as we look at this verse that there were more than one way to get out of Egypt. There were more than one route. Because it says there, if you look at verse 17, that God led them to the way not, he did not let them not to the way of the Philistine, although that was near. There was a shorter route. There was a shorter route. A route that was nearer. But purposely, God led them through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. You know, sometimes God will lead us into a situation and will, where he will force us to look to him because there will be no way out. No way out. He led them into, some, into a trouble, into difficulties, into trials, into obstacles for the benefit of the individual. Sometimes this, this, um, this strategy or this formula that God uses in our life go with the purpose for us to be trained, equipped, purified, strengthened, and grow in our faith. The apostle Paul told Timothy to endure what? Hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. For some reason, God led them and he said it right there. He said, he took them through that, in that direction. Why? When they will see war, peradventure he said, when they see war, the people will be tempted to turn back. Does God, do, does God know us or what? Does he know us or what? Mind you, up to this point, the people of Israel didn't know what was going to happen. And one of the things I want us to do is as we go to the story to try to place ourselves at the moment that this is happening. Go to wood, please, to verse 20. 
And they took their journey from Sokok and encamped at Etam in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them to lead the, the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. It took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. The presence, the divine presence was with the people of Israel by night and by day. By day and by night, it did not took away his presence from them. He was present with them all the while. You know, Bible, Jesus told his disciples, he promised his, in, in his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, verse, tw- verse 20. Lo, I'll be with you always up to the end of the earth. Even to the end of the earth. I'll be with you always. What assurance to know that the divine presence of God is with us all the time. No matter where you are, no matter the situation we're in, his presence is there. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, passage in the Bible, we could find it in the book of Romans. You know this passage. Without losing Exodus, go to the book of Romans in the New Testament. In chapter 8, you might know where, 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 where I'm going in this, with, um, with this. In chapter 8, and the 38th verse, where Paul is writing about the assurance of the believer, the assurance of those that trusted Jesus, the assurance of those that are in Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, we read, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. His presence, his love is there with you always. Always. Now, one of the things that we got to look upon this event that this is the first time that these people, the Israel, after 430 years, they remember this, after 430 years, this is the first time that they are vividly introduced to this God. They have seen the place, the place to Egypt. And to the land of Egypt. They see this, but this is the very first time that they, after 430 years, that they are experiencing and seeing who this God really is. In chapter 14, verse 1, we read God is going to send them into a trap. Look at this. Chapter 14, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Peter Herod between Migo and the sea over against Belsephon before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, the wilderness has shut them in. You know, sometimes 
as we look at this story, perhaps up to this point, we thought that the children of Israel were just walking or going towards the promised land. And all of a sudden, as they were walking, they hit the ocean. They hit the Red Sea. But no, as I read the scripture, it was God who led them into that trap. It was God who guided them and told them to to encamp with the wilderness to the front and the ocean to the back. Now, please remember this. To this point, the children of Israel are just walking, going with Moses, not even have an idea what's going on in Pharaoh's heart, what's going on in Pharaoh's mind, until just in a few moments now when they're going to see him appear. But it was not an accident it wasn't an accident for them to end up in that place. It was God's purpose and God's sovereign hand who led them to that place. Because God was going to magnify and glorify his name before their eyes and the Egyptians. And they were going to see for the very first time after 430 years of slavery what type of God is Jehovah. The God in who they call upon. Noisy wood. Look for a second in verse 8. A little bit further down. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots and Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihad Harot before Belsaphon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptian marched after them, and they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Evil is charging against them. There is no way out. Pharaoh decided on that moment, why should I let these people go? Prepare the army. We are going to go get them. We are going to go kill them. And in this moment, they saw he coming. They have no way to go. The wilderness is in the front. I hear come Pharaoh. At my back is the ocean. And the Bible says that there was then one uh, human emotion took over. What was that human emotion? Fear. Fear. Have you ever experienced fear? True fear, not watching a movie type of fear. Real fear. That's such a human emotion, but let me tell you this, the Bible tells us, or in no way you will find that fear is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Verse 7, the scripture says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In Galatians 
chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, the 22nd verse we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Fear took over. And I don't know about you, but making decision or acting upon fear usually never turns out good. Never turns out good. Because they got fear and the scripture tell us that they start crying out to God. They had fear and they start crying out to God. But what is it that they cried out? The next verse is going to tell us. What is it that they cry out to God in the midst of this situation? Go to verse 11. This is what they cried out. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no grave in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us? To carry us forth over Egypt. Is not this the word that we did tell thee, you, in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptian? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptian than we should die in the wilderness. You, you, you see this? Do, do God know us or what? Here they are, fussing on Moses. You can imagine these thousands of people gathered there at the ocean, in that land, mothers grabbing their children and yelling at their husband, I told you, I told you, we should have never listened to that old man. I told you we would stay home. Men turning to Moses, what is going on? You see what's going to happen to us now? We're going to die here. We told you, we told you back there, leave us alone. We'd rather stay and serve the Egyptian. Why you brought us here to die in the desert? Oh, God knows us so well. God knows us so well. That's why he put them in that position. That's why he let them there. Because if they would have a chance, they would turn back and say, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, don't be bad. It's Moses' fault. It's Moses' fault. We'll go back. We'll go back and serve. We'll be back in slavery. So many times when we hit rough spots in life, so many times when we, when, when we try to fight and, 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 and we taste the, the cold and sour taste of defeat, as believers, we might be tempted to go back. We might be tempted to throw the towel. We might be tempted to say, you know what? My life was better when I wasn't a Christian. I heard that from people. My life was easier when I wasn't a a Christian, my answer to them is yes, because the devil didn't bother you because you belong to him. But you know, we can sometimes be in such a place where we feel so despair that even from those things that we are delivered from, when we taste failure, when we, when we taste that, 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 that sting of sin can be tempted to go back and enslave ourselves to those things that we've already been delivered. God knows us well. God knew them well. Doubt, pointing fingers, second-guessing God. 
Moses is going to answer to that. In verse 13, he says to them, Moses said to the people, For ye <clears throat> fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptian who you see today, you shall see them again no more forever. Stand still and see. Remember, this is the first time that these Jews, that these Israelites in 430 years are standing and they're going to watch a deliverance from God, a deliverance from God himself that's going to set the pattern of what God, how God's going to work with the children of Israel. He is the God who delivers. And if anything you take away from tonight is verse 14, please. Verse 14, after Moses told them this, he looked at them and he says, The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. In the middle of that despair, in the middle of that doubt, in the middle of not knowing where to go or what to do, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Peace. There are several scriptures that tell us today how the Lord Jesus, even today, is sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you and I. You're not alone in this. You're not alone in your battles. You're not alone in your struggles. The Bible says in, the, in, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, that he is, ter, he is interceding forever for those who, are, oh, who he, he, he has called to himself. Could you imagine? Could you imagine a sinner like I have the Lord Jesus sit, sitting at the right hand of God, interceding and pleading for me because he knows me well. He knows my strength. He knows my weaknesses. The Lord, the Lord shall fight for you. No therapy, no pills, no program, no human wisdom can do for you what Jesus did. He fought sin and death. Those two evils that we could never, ever, ever Beat sin and death so you and I will have victory forever. One more verse because it, 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 it didn't stop there. It's not about just, it's not about just praying, it's not about it just believing. It's not about just knowing that God will fight for you. It's not to know that I can hold my peace because he's fighting for, for me. But it's also a very important truth. Look at verse 14 for, with, with me, please. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they what? Go forward. Why are you crying to me? Why are you calling on me? Speak to the children of Israel and tell them to get up 
and go forward. But hold on. The wilderness is on this side and Pharaoh is coming and the ocean is behind me. But God says, get up and go forward. One of the worst things we could do, one of the lies that we fall and the trap that we fall into is that when we get hit by trouble, by difficulty, by obstacles, is to stay stuck. And remain stuck. And how many people are stuck today in their past? So many people are stuck today in their sin, or are stuck today in their philosophies or ideas. Something happened in life, and there they remain stuck. It's kind of like the, gen- like the individual that say, Oh, church, please pray for me. I want a job. I need a job, please pray for me. I pray to God for a job. I ask God for a job, please pray for me for a job. And the entire church is praying for that individual for a job. And Sunday, he's asking everyone to pray for me for a job. How comes Monday? He get up at 10 in the morning. Have breakfast at 12. Hit the PlayStation at 1 o'clock. Get on Netflix at 3. Watch a couple movies. Night come, have supper. Still in his pyjamas, by the way. And then night come, does, does his devotionals and pray to God, please God, get me a job. Is that going to happen? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that, that way. You got to get, you got to pray, but then the next morning, you better get up at six, be washed up and clean by seven, and get out there, knock on door, and show your face to find a job. There are certain things that happen and obstacles that, that we face, but God does not want us to stay there. He wanted the people of Israel to get up and go forward. Now, we know this story, so for us, you know, it's kind of like, oh, we know what's going to happen. He's going to part the sea, but they didn't know that. And listen, I trust and I believe that either way, when God said go forward, he was either going to part the sea or make them walk on water, but either way, they must move forward. And perhaps tonight, you need to move forward in God's name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. And even though as we go again and we go over events and scripture that perhaps we're so familiarized with, there are so many things that you teach us over and over again and things that we can learn and be encouraged with. Help us, Lord, to trust that you will fight our battles that sometimes you lead us into a place where we, can, we have nowhere to go or nothing that we can do more, more than trust you. But still, you ask and command us to move forward, to keep growing, keep trusting, keep serving, keep doing, keep loving. Thank you, God, because you manifest yourself to us and may your life in all times, bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.